the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show. Always good to be with you, and it's always a lot of fun on Friday because... It's Open Line Friday. We'll take your calls on any subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, for those of you who are at the Pastors Conference, appreciate that you uh, came to that. We had a great time. You can watch it online, the KKLA Impact 23 Pastors Conference. If you weren't there or you just want to see it again, you can go to kkla.com and just scroll down about halfway and click on the link and you can watch it online. We also link to it on the Pastor Scott Show Facebook and Twitter account. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show and you can click the link right there. And, uh, you know, in a way, we did Open Line Friday at one of the, uh, it was Open Line Thursday, pastor's uh, panel, and we did a lot of questions. And then there's a few that were lingered and we couldn't quite categorize, but I, I've answered some of them today. Might get to some of those, depending on your calls today. But we want to get to your thoughts and ideas here, 888-528-2557. Nikki in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Nikki. Oh, hi. Yeah. Hi, Pastor Scott. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, make a a comment about something. And this is not all churches, so I'm not uh, putting nobody down. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that in some places I've been, there were homeless people and they were just treated so poorly. And some of those people were not saved. They needed salvation. They didn't have nice clothes to wear. There was so much legalism going on. And even some people that weren't uh, necessarily homeless, but they just didn't have the things that, you know, other people had. And I just think that, you know, uh, people should be treated with the love in the church. Not It shouldn't be so focused on, on, on uh, the material things that y- you miss the point, you know. Yeah, you know, it is, um, there's a lot of things that happen sometimes at church where people are not, their needs aren't met when they're there. And uh, this can happen with homeless people. And there's lots of other, there's dynamics going on, right? The the homeless person has tremendous needs. The people who are there are also concerned about their safety and they're concerned about drugs and they're concerned about their kids. They're, there's a multitude of things going on. It's such a terrible thing. But, I, right. you know, I think that there's a couple of things that we need to do as the church. Number one is we do want, and I think every church should be a part, especially here in Southern California with so many homeless people, we really want to support uh, the homeless ministries uh, like Union Rescue Mission or San Diego Rescue Mission, wherever you are, Long Beach Rescue Mission, these, these rescue missions that are Christ-centered, that aren't hindered by government money, because in those you you can't even teach recovery a lot of the time. You there's so many you know you have this great you know, whole bunch of tons of money to help homeless people and it's not helping right. But through right. the rescue mission stuff, which are Christian, they are helping. They're doing great things. So make sure your church is connected and not just through money, but also through information. Maybe you put that person in your car and you drive them to the homeless uh, center 
right? There, there are mm-hmm. things that you can do. And at the same time, if you're in an area where you get a lot of homeless people as a congregation, you should be prepared to help their immediate needs at that moment. It, it needs to be a part of what happens. Um, right, you know, exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the ultimate answer in all of this, I think, is going to be the church. I think there will be a breaking point where the state right now that is so opposed to doing things with the church will break. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And remember in the, uh, in the George W. Bush administration, one of the most controversial things was he wanted to have a federal office of faith-based initiatives. So it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be limited just to Christians, but he wanted to bring in churches and nonprofits, religious churches and nonprofits, into the conversation for how do we help people who are homeless or people who had other needs. And there was so much pushback to that. And wow. his, you know, his point was, yeah, but these are the people who not only are they better at it, but they have a, a spiritual need to do it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And the pushback was tremendous. And still today, the, the pushback that we have in our state about the church or about recovery is significant. Um, I, think yeah. that, I think that will break one day. I think people will finally resort to the church, but I think it might get really bad before that. And the church can't wait for that to happen. I think the church has to get on board now and be prepared for that to happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. It matters a lot. I appreciate your concern about that. It matters greatly. And in each one of our churches, you know, get ahead of it. A homeless person who is in bad shape is going to show up Sunday at church, at your church eventually. Um, Right. And uh, you got to take care of it. And yeah, it's scary. So get a couple of guys who are ready for that, who will immediately jump on board and not throw the person out on the street, but take the person to whatever the prearranged deal is for how to help this person. Right. Exactly. Uh, Wow. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that answers your question. I'm glad you're concerned about that. And the church is the answer to this, ultimately. Right. Right. Thank you, Pastor Scott. All right. Thank you, Nikki. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. One of the churches I was at was in a neighborhood where there was a lot of homeless people. And so we dealt with homeless people every day and had a great homeless ministry. It was it was one of the best homeless ministries I've ever seen at any church. Um, and But once in a while, you know, people... Um, would be anywhere. And I had this office for a while there. I wasn't the lead pastor. In fact, I think I was still an intern or I was still an intern, but I had a grown-up pastor job for a while, which was a, kind of a funny thing, but it's fine. But my office was isolated from the rest of the offices. And I'm in my office. I'm far away from anybody. And a homeless person comes in and he sits down across my desk and he looks at me and I look at him and he says, sometimes voices tell me to kill people. That's what he said. And I and my brain is going, okay, well, they're not going to find me for three days back here, you know. And I said, what are the voices telling you to do now? And he said, well, I don't hear him right now, which was great news for me. So uh, I talked to him for a minute, and then I walked him back to where our homeless ministry was. But the the best thing for me in that situation was that I had a place to go take him. Like there was an immediate place for me to take this guy. Uh, and you know, otherwise I wouldn't know what to do. Otherwise this, this person had so many needs. I didn't have personally a way 
to help them. And that is, you know, a legitimate problem. That's why our, our rescue missions matter so much. And that's why our, our churches, I highly recommend, if your heart is in this, don't make the pastor do it. He's already too busy, probably, unless his heart is there. But his heart should be there to to help you prepare something. You know, have clothes or shoes, socks, hygiene stuff just in a closet somewhere ready to go for this scenario and instructions for how this person can get help. Be prepared that lots of people don't want help. Uh, lots of people. The, these rescue missions usually have programs that are excellent for actually helping people recovery. But you have to you have to agree that you want to recover. You have to agree to go in there. You've got to agree to stay in there. You've got to agree to get off the drugs or stop drinking or whatever. Um, and if you don't agree to that, it's not going to work. I can't even tell you how many guys who are living in their cars and who are doing okay, maybe they had jobs and other stuff, but they had so much pride they wouldn't go stay at the rescue mission where they could have lived in a men's program for a year and a half, had had food, had shower, had a bed to sleep in, an address, which matters so much. If you're homeless, one of your problems is you go fill out a job application and you don't have an address, right? It's it's a major, major problem, even if you don't have uh, other issues going on. Um, but pride keeps people from that. And that's another thing to think about. All right, 888-528-2557, open line Friday. Larry and Oxnard, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, Pastor Scott, I uh, attended the KKLA uh, Pastors Conference, was edified there. Uh, really appreciate KKLA and uh, what you're doing uh, to support uh, men, and the, men and women in the ministry. There was a lot of good resource there and uh, made some new friends. Also went to uh, Shepherd Church one uh, a few months back and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that was good too. Uh, Doctor Jeffers, uh, you know, I'm I'm just glad to be partner with them, and we're going to stick our finger in the dam too, you know. And uh, uh, his his uh, his message was clear. Uh, we got to push back uh, the 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 days of uh, uh, of passivity um, are over. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what I appreciated about his talk is that he was also clear that the reason the reason for us standing up to the evil in our society is not to save America. It's to save people. It's that people need the gospel. And that when we push back on evil, we provide more opportunities for people to hear the gospel. And yeah, uh, just get, to stay gospel-centered is so Giving another person a little more time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're all uh, we all have this sense of urgency about this. And uh, again, uh, uh, Dennis Prager's interview with you is very good. I, I've uh, I've gone through his commentaries on Genesis and uh, Exodus, and I'm looking forward uh, uh, to Deuteronomy, and then uh, and then we'll climb the uh, Leviticus mountain. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> And that's quite a mountain. It's interesting to me that he's left that one for last. <laughs> Having studied it uh, quite a bit uh, and and gleaned from it, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, I would be interested to know if 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 he's uh, if if he knows the Lord 
uh, you know, he he I doesn't. He's a he's a conservative. He's a conservative Jew, and uh, he's very open about where he's at with his faith. He d- he does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, or that Jesus was God. And uh, you know, part of you know having him talk about his commentaries and go over that is that I think we get a lot of insight uh, from hearing a Jewish perspective on those things. And and most of it, I think, as Christians, we would agree. But there are certain things where we would not agree, ultimately. If you read his commentaries, there are going to be things, as a Christian, you'd say, no, that represents Christ. That's something where I would say, no, this is this is about Jesus being the Messiah. Um, and uh, he might disagree, or other, other people would disagree. But if we understand the disagreement, we're more prepared to uh, give a reason for the hope that we have and to have those conversations. And, yeah, uh, I, I, so I, I I appreciate his commentaries. They're they're uh, they're not deep, and they're not meant to be deep. And they're easy to read. Uh, yeah, it's easy yeah. to read, and it does give us uh, uh, the, the 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 insight that the Jew has. Yeah, and, and uh, they're they're and helpful good, for us it? in understanding our Bible. I think, and and to understand particularly where somebody who is. Uh, a modern Jew would be on certain issues. It, it's super helpful. And you're right, they're very easy. Larry, I'm really glad that you came. I'm glad that you were edified. I was too. And uh, I hope to see you there uh, next time too. I will be. All right, Larry. Uh, it's very, very good. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. All right, Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can watch that conference if you weren't able to go. It's on kkla.com. And uh, it'll be lengthy, but we had a great time with that, including the Prager interview is on there. And uh, you can um, write me about that, too, or talk to me about that if you have questions about that. We had a great time together talking about Moses and uh, some really good insights uh, on that. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, 888-528-2557. Tracy in San Fernando, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Tracy. First of all, yes, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. First of all, I want to thank you for your prayers and your encouragement. Um, I'm the uh, woman that was uh, ejected from our home Mm -hmm. with our children and and our dog. You called a couple of times uh, more than a year ago, like a year and a half ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, I remember you. Yeah, yeah. And um, basically, um, we still are homeless. Okay. Um, uh, he has not. But you know what, Pastor Scott, from you, what I learned, it's not him. It's the spirit on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I forgive him. Yeah. And all, all I can do right now is to keep my head together and, and, and God will prevail. Yeah. Because everything happens for a reason, and you told me that. That's right. And I, another thing I wanted to tell you, um, so what was that? There was something that I, I, I appreciated you telling me. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I'm glad uh, to, just, I'm really glad to hear from you. So you're, are you still working? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is what I wanted to tell okay. you, Pastor. All right. Um, yeah. You remember I'm, I was not homeless. We were in a home. Yeah. I had a full time job. Okay. Um, I, I did not want the stipulations of the shelter. Yeah. They want you to not work, and then they can help you. Wait, you were in a place where they didn't want they didn't let you work. The, what they said because it's DV related, 
And they said I would have to quit my job for a month and my kids would have to come out of school. And that would turn us all the way upside down. And I could not do that. That, Those policies uh, drive me crazy. Yes. But you know know what? Yeah. For this time, just like Cesar Chavez, Rosa Parks, all these people that made uh, a dent in our, our society, maybe that something's going on to where I can help these people that are out there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. for a minute, um, Pastor Scott, I thought I was going to go and drink alcohol, but I thought and people and the Holy Spirit said, don't go back that way because my kids need me right now. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and you need to keep listening to that, uh, that voice. And if you could be so kind. Um, before we get off, to say a prayer for me yeah. and my children and our doggy. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Uh, or I'll do that right now. God, I thank you for Tracy, and uh, it's great to hear her again. Many of our listeners might remember her story, too, from a year and a half ago. And God, I pray that you would provide a home, a place for her to live that would allow her to keep working. If it's a shelter or somewhere, I pray that you would lead her to one of these places. And so that she would have that comfort for herself and for her kids and and her doggy. Uh, I pray for all of them, that they would be kept safe, that they would be kept in school, that they would be healthy, that they would resist temptation and in all of these trials. And I pray that you continue to give Tracy the attitude that you she understands that all of this that's going on in this trial that you can use for good and that she can use to help other people. We thank you, Lord, for her in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Tracy, thank you for the update. I appreciate it very much. God bless you. And uh, hang in there. Find a place. There are some shelters, particularly women's shelters, who will let you work. And they're going to have rules. You know, there's going to be maybe a curfew and some other things, but those are important. And uh, but, you know, we have to let people work. That's how you get out of being homeless. You have a job. You make the money. You you live in the shelter so you can put the money aside so that you've got first and last month's rent so you can get into the apartment and pay your deposit and your first and month, last month's rent. There's a process. You know, being homeless and really getting out of homelessness, it's not that easy. And you, there are so many things you don't realize that we, most of us will take for granted, like I said before, an address. You know, how do you, you imagine filling out an application for a job and you don't have an address? And today you have to have an email address. You got to have a phone. There's so many things. Um, That's why uh, our homeless ministries like Union Rescue Mission, URM.org, you can go there, matters so much. And uh, they work so hard with people just like Tracy. And uh, Tracy, maybe you should check them out uh, if that works for you. I think you're in San Fernando, but uh, I'm not sure where you work. So uh, URM's downtown. Downtown's a little scary, I understand, but the rescue mission is great. And uh, they'll be able to help you. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Patricia in Huntington Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, thank you. I am the lady that called the other day regarding uh, the attire that we would have when we are employed and where we're working at our job. Oh, yeah. And yes, uh huh. And I was uh, an office manager a while back, and there was, I kind of expected them to look very, rather professional. Uh, I had a new hire who asked me why she couldn't wear jeans to work. Or if she could wear jeans to work. And I said, well, quite honestly, what's the first thing you do when you go home? And she says, well, I, I get out of my clothes and get into my jeans. I said, well, you see, you're there to relax and you're here to work. 
not only that, when our sales staff comes into this office as well as our clients and customers, I would like my ladies to look very professional. And I feel that you give the impression then that they can rely on us to get the job done right for them. Mm. So that's why I prefer that you not wear jeans to work. Yeah. And so that was what the way I was throughout my, you know, my, my uh, employment. I'm retired now. Yeah. But okay. I just feel like, uh, well, as well, I said, I just feel professionalism is important. What kind of business were you in? I, uh, well, that particular was a job was a law firm, and they, they were nationwide. Okay. And we were in high-rise. Yeah. You know, and it's, so uh, in you, there's, there is something, as you said, that the way you present yourself definitely says something, right, to the client. And the thing is, is that maybe, you know, today jeans are a lot more acceptable than they used to be, and jeans are, some jeans are pretty nice, but there are still some people who, who think it's too casual, and the thing is, is if you're looking for clients, particularly if you're in sales or you're in, uh, you know, the law profession or financial planning or something, you got to think about that. Is it worth not getting one client because I'm wearing jeans and that person doesn't like it? Maybe it is worth it to you, but you know, there is a, there's a standard that is somewhere. Uh, Patricia, I've I gotta, always felt that. Yeah, yes, I, uh-huh. I got to go to a break. 888-528-2557. That was a discussion. We got a lot of calls and it was based on the United States Senate allowing John Fetterman senator from Pennsylvania to where it's kind of a shtick that he has where he's trying to look like the working guy, I think, and whatever, but he's, he puts on, he wears a hoodie, just a sweatshirt with gym shorts and, and tennis shoes. And there has always been a decorum in the United States Senate where you can't wear that on the floor. And so he would vote from the hallway. You could like put one foot in and put your thumb out up or down for your vote. And uh, that's what he was doing. And Chuck Schumer, who's the majority leader, who makes these decisions, these kind of rules as part of that job, which is really interesting, isn't it? Uh, said, hey, uh, you can wear whatever you want. He didn't. It's not quite like that, but you could wear that. Well, you know, people are kind of up in arms. In fact, even some uh, people on his own party, Democrats, are saying we can't do this. We got to have some decorum. What I found interesting is that there's there's no written decorum. Actually, this was not a written rule. It was just an assumed social rule. I think they're going to end up passing written dress rules in the Senate. I think that's coming. And uh, I'm real curious to what that's going to be because as part of this conversation, like would they allow jeans? Um, I wear jeans most of the time with a jacket. If you go to KKLA.com, you can watch online. Uh, You can do that right now during the break. And it works for this, but I'm on radio. If I were in the Senate, I probably would wear a suit. Anyway, what do you think? 888-528-2557. You can call about anything because it's open line Friday. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. On Fridays, we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. You can change the subject. You can ask a question about the Bible. You can uh, bring up something that's in the news or something on your mind. We'll talk about that, 888-528-2557. You know how I woke up this morning? I don't know why this is, but uh, 
and why this happens this way. But do you ever have the battery go out in your smoke detector in your house? Why is it that that beeping noise that it makes only starts going off at about 3.30 in the morning? I never hear it at 10 in the morning. It's not like I'm at home on a Saturday and, you know, having some brunch and all of a sudden, beep, beep, beep. Oh, good. I'll go change it. No, it has to wake me up. And I think I spent a good hour and a half just trying to decide if I can sleep through it, just trying to to push through it and sleep through it. And uh, that did not work. Uh, that's what happened this morning. But uh, anyway, uh, I wish that there was some kind of timer on that. And then can you just push a button? I don't know. How, why does it just keep beeping all the time? Anyway, 888-528-2557. Something else more, much more important that uh, I noticed today, there was on Twitter, there's something called trending. And trending is, is, if you're not familiar with what that is, it is a topic or a name or a news story, something that is that a lot of people are talking about at that moment. So if something is trending on Twitter, you might say that. I know it's called X now, but I'm not sure how to say it. Some, there's going to have to be some kind of instruction. Do I say Twitter at all, or is it just X? It's X.com, and the the whole Elon Musk idea is X will be the app for everything, which he's probably going to be successful with because he's Elon Musk. But for the time being, I don't know what to say. Twitter, X, whatever it is. Anyway, the, a lot of the features are the same, and uh, the trending is interesting, actually, uh, especially if there's a worldwide event going on, something happening. You click on it, and it tells you. But there's a lot of uh, Christian stuff that's on there trending once in a while. Sometimes it's a Bible verse, uh, especially if <clears throat> excuse me, especially if a famous person or the president or somebody quotes the Bible. People will come on, and they'll either requote it, or if it was interpreted incorrectly, people will will challenge that. It can be it can be very interesting. Anyway, one of the things that was trending today was uh, not a drag queen, and uh, you know, so I clicked on that. What's this mean? And what this was was people listing stories about people who were in trouble legally for child abuse. Uh, particularly uh, things with uh, child pornography or other uh, of that sort of attack on kids. And so what they were, the argument being made was, we're making such a big deal in our culture today, particularly parents or Christians or Muslims or people who are offended by the drag queen story hours that are going on all over the place. And the, the point was to say, hey, you know, it's not a drag queen who was doing this mess, but it was uh, pastors or it was other leaders of different uh, places. There was a lot of people listed and uh, who obviously aren't drag queens. And the, the point was try to say your focus is in the wrong place. You need to criticize these people. Well, great, I get it. But what is not right is that here's the thing. The problem isn't like drag queens are doing this and other people are not. You know, and obviously, you know, it's important to say that If my kids were to, if I were to have a choice, if my only choice was my kid goes to drag queen story hour at the at the library, or he gets abused by some guy, well, obviously I'm going to pick the story hour, right? There's a a spectrum of all of that, right? But here's the thing: the issue isn't this or that, or this is worse than that. It's all the same illness. It's all the same problem. See, it's important to point out that, yeah, there's there's things that are worse than other things that can happen to you. But the point of the objection to the drag queen stuff is that it is part of a greater problem of introducing the sexualization of children, which not only victimizes a child, but it gives encouragement to actual child predators. It gives encouragement to the people who would like to engage in the horrific things that is happening all the time. 
and suggesting that what one group is doing to sexualize kids really isn't wrong or really not part of the same problem. No, it's, it's all part of the same problem. It's all part of the same thing. Child porn, child trafficking, sexual abuse, whether it's happening in churches or it happened in the Boy Scouts or it happened at workplaces, whatever it is, it's all part of a continuum of the same thing of victimizing kids in this way. And Drag Queen Story Hour is part of it. Sexually explicit books that parents are objecting to in schools, which they need to do. You need, if you don't believe that's what's going on, you, you just need to offend your eyes by looking at it and you will know those things need to come out of schools. It's not book banning. I saw that again today too. There are no book bans. No book has been banned anywhere. There are books that have been removed from elementary schools to go into high school or maybe removed altogether. There have been some that are inappropriately removed, and they get put back, by the way. Uh, sometimes people will object to a book. Uh, you know, There's always books that are controversial. It's been going on a long time, 1984 and Huckleberry Finn and things like that. Those go in and out for various reasons. But uh, the books that we're talking about now are explicit pornography with kids and sexualizing kids. My point is there's no excuse for any of it. There should be a condemnation for any person who is sexualizing a kid for any reason, whether it be fun and games and seems harmless, but it's kids or somebody who is actually doing the act because it began somewhere. That happens with all of us. People don't uh, just wake up one day and suddenly they go abuse kids. They weren't completely fine and had no thoughts about sexually harming kids or abusing kids in some other way and suddenly just get up one day and do that. It starts somewhere, and the process starts with these things that we're trying to make legitimate. I mean, there's a movement out there called uh, Minor Attracted Person or MAPS with the idea that says this is just another legitimate sexual orientation, LGBTQ2IA++, whatever you want to put in there. Eventually, there's going to be an M for Minor Attracted Persons. That's the direction. There are people openly discussing that. It's all the same spectrum. So think about that. When you, when you hear the comparisons, you, you, we do need to condemn, especially in the church, when there is abuse of this kind. And we need to get to the root of why that is. And the root of why that is is not something that starts overnight. It starts with the pornography. It starts with the sexualization of kids. It starts with all these other things in the culture that that church person or that church leader or that Boy Scout leader or that preschool operator or whoever it is, they got into in their personal life and thought it was okay and kept taking one step at a time and got down there. It's all part of the same thing. It's not separate. We have to understand that. It is the, the, this, what it does is it dehumanizes us in such a way, it dehumanizes a person who goes down that path that the reason they become capable of doing these horrific things to kids or if it's to women or whoever it's because they've dehumanized them. That's the, you know, that's a big part of the porn problem. It dehumanizes not just the people who are uh, performing in that, but the person who's looking. It's dehumanizing. And when things get dehumanizing, dehumanized, it leads to violence and abuse and uh, terrible, terrible things because it means a lot to be a human. And when we take that away from us, we just go down awful, awful paths. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about, so you can change the subject. We do this on Fridays. We call it Open Line Friday. 
and we play that music because remember, if you're old enough, whenever you heard that little music, something great was coming next, and that tends to be Open Line Friday. All right, uh, George in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. George? This is George. Hi, George. Go ahead. Yes. Well, uh, I was born in the church, and I had two sweet, wonderful Christian parents that taught us at home, and my mother was our Sunday school teacher when I was about three or four years old. But anyway, and so uh, for for a long period of time, I listened to uh, I listened to uh, KKLA all the time. And pastors never speak about the uh, the rapture of the church. They're always speaking at the uh, the end of the seven year tribulation period. Why do people leave out the the rapture? Well, I, and I'm part blind and I can't read my Bible anymore. And I keep praying and praying mm. for for the healing touch of my eyes. Yeah. Hey, do you have so, a hey uh, George? Do you have an audio Bible? Are you able to listen to the Bible? You have a device or a? No, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, I've had this Bible now for uh, for about six, seven years, and it's it's large print. Yeah, and I've been told by different people that you got a nice Bible there. Uh. Now then, this last two years, and this last uh, oh, this last year, my eyesight is getting worse, and uh, everything is so blurred. And last night I I got my Bible out and opened it up to, and I think I came to Revelation, but it was just nothing but white pages, mm. and I can't read it anymore. And I'm forgetting. I'm uh, I'm 78. I'll be 79 the third of January. Yeah. So then I'm getting up in age, but then I I miss the scriptures. I miss it so much. Yeah. Hey George, you... I was assist I was assistant pastor and, and all. Huh. And so, uh, hey, hey, George. Pro- I, yeah, listen. I have to go to a break. Can you hang on through the commercial, and I'll come back to you. Yes, yes, of okay. course. Yeah, please do that, and uh, we'll come back with George. It's Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557. And if you think about it, maybe you're thinking, hey, I've got a solution for George. Give us a call. Let's tell George how we can help him because there's there's a lot of audio things out there now, a lot of different options, and maybe we can help George out uh, so he can read his Bible. Then I'll talk about his rapture question as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we have George with us. And George had a couple of uh, things we we're talking about. He asked me about uh, why we don't talk about the uh, rapture more often. And uh, also, he started talking about how in his situation, uh, he's losing his eyesight, and it's hard to. He's unable to read the the scriptures. George, you still with us? Yes, I am. Yeah. Hey, George, uh, do you live on your own? Do you live with a family, or do you live no, in a? No, uh... I'm I'm in I'm in a nursing home facility here in L.A. Okay. And so, uh, but I well for for many years I'm I've been very close uh, observant of this world affair. 
And I feel within my Holy Spirit that tells me, well, we're entering the seven-year tribulation period. And uh, it's at 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we have the Jordan Speculo show. Yeah, and uh, uh, Seculo. Yeah, Jay Seculo. Yeah, Seculo. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so then uh, they're talking about this nation and everything, and it's not going to get any better. And we all should know better that things are not going to get any better. And in the tri- tribulation period, it's going to get worse and worse and mm-hmm. worse. And so, uh, but I'm quite aware of all of this. And all around the world, it's it's just, oh, I appreciate uh, the pastors are, are going out throughout the world and spreading the, the gospel. And I wish I could, but I can't. I can't even get out of here on a ride or anything. Mm. So I'm just kind of stuck here. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry so, that uh, you're in that situation. So I'll, uh, I'll get to your, your... But Pastor Joe, well... Uh, I mean, uh, Scott. Well, what do you think about uh, the tribulation? I mean, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the. Uh, 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 you know, here's what I think about it, uh, and about this, and and this is something I think that's really important. There's actually, you know, every once in a while, and you've been around a long time, so you know this happens sometimes where people will predict dates, like the rapture is going to happen, uh, you know, next Saturday. Um, and uh, a few years ago, remember there was a guy who did that, and he put billboards around, spent a lot of money on it. Uh, oh, obviously, I do that. you know, obviously that didn't occur, right? And that's that has happened a lot. There's people today, like right now today, on uh, the social medias, right, the Facebook and those who are predicting predicting the rapture is going to happen this weekend or the next weekend. And some no, predicted, and some predicted God, last. Only God knows. Right, right. Jesus, so, Jesus said, I know not the time, the day, the right. hour, but and, only my Father which is in heaven. that's super important because people get influenced by that. So here's and what I, I would say is— God, can you, can you let me know, Father in heaven? Can you let me know the season? That's all I want to know. Yeah. Well, here's—I'm here, going to tell you what the season is, okay? In the, in the Scriptures— <clears throat> And this is important, I think, for everybody, especially if you're seeing this today on social media, there's there's an awful lot saying that it's going to happen now. We don't know when it's going to happen. But the way the Scripture handles this, and, and maybe I can give you a thought here, George, too, of, of what to do to feel a little more useful in the meantime, okay? You know, in the book of Revelation, when Jesus does tell us what the end days, final days are going to look like, he begins that discussion by telling us to get our act together as the church, right? He gives the seven letters to the seven churches, and he explains different things that you can apply, you know, to lots of different churches today of why we need to focus on the gospel now. Because the thing is about the rapture and the second coming and judgment, you know, the idea of the rapture is for Christians who are already saved, and it's going to happen when it happens, according to Jesus's schedule. Uh, For most of us, we're going to go meet Jesus because we're going to pass away. That's been the case for everybody except that last generation, right? Uh, And God God says that my time is not your time. My ways are not your ways, that's the Lord God. That's right. But what what he wants us to do is, listen. I feel that it could be at any time. For sure, that's true. But can I help you with something here? It, It could be at any time, but what he wants us to do until the very last minute is live for him and share the gospel and make disciples. Because whenever it happens, it happens. Uh, But until that time, 
And and Jesus makes this clear. So the, one of the reasons I don't talk about it a lot is because what Jesus tells us to do is focus on the first coming so that everybody knows what that is, so they're ready for the second coming. And, you know, something I, I know in your situation, George, a lot of people are listening, actually, who live in retirement homes and are unable to get out. You know, I'll bet how many mm-hmm. how many people do you interact with on a regular basis, doctors and nurses and, you know, other residents? I don't know. Several, well, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Pastor Scott, I, I do minister to different ones, and then they... I start to speak, and then they uh, they said, "Oh, leave me alone, leave me alone. I don't want to listen to this garbage." Yeah, a lot of them I are going to do that. Then, but I think here's what you can occupy yourself with. And I've, I've I seen, love God with all my heart, mind, and soul. I know you Jesus do. Christ. I know you do. George. When I was a little boy, me and Jesus, we played together. Yeah, uh, George, pray for those mm-hmm. residents, but also pray for your doctors and nurses. I do. Because I do. What, what, and we'll do it every day. Make it your mission every day. And maybe you're going to have an opportunity to yes, tell them no. about Jesus, and maybe you're not. But in the meantime, you can pray for those people by name every day. And I really believe that's one thing that Jesus wants you to do right now, regardless of when the rapture comes or when the day comes where he decides he's taking you home. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a reason and purpose. I'm I'm almost out of time, but I want to I want to ask you about yeah, your okay. ability to to listen to an audio device. Does the place you live do they have an audio Bible that you could listen to or that you could ask them about? No, they don't. No, they don't. In our uh, dining room, they they call it the dining room, uh-huh. uh, but it's it's a it's a room that's got a big large screen TV, and then next. Next to it is a patio door. We have a very large patio, but every day at two o'clock they play a lot of rock music and uh-huh. and a lot of them gather around in there and they dance around and all. I don't want to listen to this garbage. Yeah, you know. Have you well, ever asked if they few... could get a uh, if they could get a? There are devices now that you could even have in your room that'll play the Bible out loud for you. Somebody reads it and it's recorded. Well, uh... Uh, I have a friend. No, last night, me and my friend, uh, I and it was dark in his room. So he, his room is right across from mine, and so uh, he's a Christian man. But yet, I pray for him too because he's out roundabout and uh, during the day. Uh, yeah, and it's it's kind of hard. Yeah. And, well, George, here's what I would do: two things, okay? Yeah. Uh, okay. In your mind. Think of about, you know, maybe eight people, including your doctors and nurses, and you pray for them by name every single day, the people that are that are around you most of the time. And you just say, mm-hmm. you just tell the Lord, right now at this time in my life, that's my mission, to pray for those people and ask God to make you effective in whatever ministry you have. Maybe it's a ministry of kindness. Maybe you're going to have an opportunity to listen to somebody who's going through a hard time. I I promise you, if you pray that prayer every day and you ask God for that, you'll be surprised at all of a sudden opportunities happen. And then ask God for, and ask God, and then ask the people who work there for an audio Bible. They, They ought to have one. I'm sure you're not the only resident who would like that. And they're not expensive. Oh, uh, there is a pastor, and he's from out of uh, of uh, Dallas, Texas, and he's into the book of Re- now. He 
for uh, for the last uh, three weeks. Uh, he's been at the latter part of. Uh, well, uh, Robert uh, Jeffress is, is. Yes, yes. That's uh, where his series is right now on uh, on our station. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's uh, he's in yeah. chapter twenty. Yeah. Hey George, now. I'm gonna. We're almost done. Can I pray for you? Yes. Okay. Oh yes, of course. God, I thank you for George and the heart that you've given him. I pray that you would help him realize that you haven't forgotten about him. That he's still here for a reason. And that reason might simply be to pray for the people that he interacts with every day. I pray that you'd give him the spirit to do that and the the heart for that. I pray that you'd open up opportunities, and I pray that you would provide um, the wisdom at his his residence to have an audio Bible that you would help him with that. And God, I pray that you would heal his eyesight so he can read his scriptures. I pray that you would calm his heart and that he would know when the time is right, whether it be rapture or his time to go, that he will be with you forever. And that in the meantime, he will just rejoice in every day he has in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor. Hey, George, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you. And uh, you know what? We'll keep in touch here a little bit. Can you stay on the line, and my producer will get your address? Would that be okay? Uh, I, I I don't know the address, but I know the street. And, you know and, the, the uh, name of the place you're in? Well, it's... Uh, my. All right, why don't you think about it, and uh, in a second uh, we'll grab the phone and ask you about it, okay? Thank you, George, for calling. Uh, this is uh, the Pastor Scott Show. There's a lot of people out there, by the way, just like George in that situation. And uh, we're out of time today, but pray for people who are so lonely but still have a purpose. Uh, And I know that's a lot of you listening, and we love you. We thank you that you're listening to us, and uh, we pray for you. Every day, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every weekday from 3 to 5. Follow us at Pastor Scott Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, we can always get our podcast. Go to uh, wherever you get your podcast. Look for the Pastor Scott Show. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday from 3 to 5. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.